KLVZ and KLVZ HD Brighton, KLVZ FM on 94.3 and 95.3 and streaming at Legends95.3.com. Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And we are back on the air. We were talking with Kay about caterpillars on um, sage. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Kay, are you there? I am. Okay. Um, are you harvesting the sage now, or are you saving it for later? Well, I was going to save it for later, but I did harvest most of it because it was getting all eaten up, and that's when I saw the, the caterpillar or whatever it is um, rolled up in the leaf. Okay. There's uh, a couple of different ways you can go. Jim and I were talking about it over the over that break. Uh, you can use the eight product E I G H T that we recommended for the fungus snatch. You can spray your sage, but there's going to be about a two week t- point in time where you don't want to harvest after you spray. Uh, if you uh-huh. want, if you if and if that works for you, then great. Uh, if you want to be able to harvest right away, then I would go with a bacterial product, either. Uh, there's um, Dipel dust, D-I-P-E-L, and that, that's a, in a dust form. Or if you want a liquid to use, uh, it's called Thuricide, T-H-U-R-I-C-I-D-E, Thuricide. And they're both bacterial products that attack the worm from, from the inside and, and kill it that way. Totally organic. There's no days to waiting. Uh, as far as from when you spray to harvest. Okay, cool. And that works all right. on all caterpillars of, of any kind. So you don't really even have to know what kind of caterpillar it is. Okay. Um, back to that wisteria. Can I, do I plant that in the fall or in the spring? In the spring. Spring? Okay. And then one last question. Is there such a thing as an heirloom cherry tomato plant? Oh yeah, That's a determinant. I, I I imagine there is sure. I don't okay. know of any offhand the names of them. Did you say indeterminate or determinate? Determinate. Oh, well, that makes it more difficult. Yeah, Kay. that would be a little more difficult. The yeah. Um, Let me find out. There here. probably is one. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna pull out our handy dandy digital device and see if we can come up with an heirloom small tomato. Keep talking. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> that the small tomatoes, the grape tomatoes, they're cherry tomatoes, and all kinds of names for them, uh, describing the size, and all the sizes are really quite small. Um, that 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 genre of tomatoes is relatively new. Um, by that I mean probably thirty or forty years in the history of tomatoes for gardens. So there may not be. Uh, heirloom cherry type tomatoes and if so my guess is there won't be that many 
I'm just about there. <clears throat> okay, so let's see. There's one called Sweetie. And let's see here. And because uh, he's not coming up with hundreds of names, yeah, I, I suspect there aren't that many. Now, only because it's a relatively okay. new genre of tomato. Even okay, though I'm we've been growing in our we've been growing sweet 100 in our garden for uh, probably decades now. And uh, it, it, it it's a great growing tomato. You get lots and lots of tomatoes. Um, and frankly, I think I prefer that because it has a lot of resistance to diseases that m a lot of the heirlooms do not. Now, you might want to check out a catalog uh, <coughs> that's called Baker, B-A-K-E-R. Baker Creek is the name of the catalog. Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds, I believe is what it is. Um, yeah, Baker okay. Creek Heirloom Seeds. And they do have a lot of heirloom tomatoes. And I do see okay. there's one called Blueberries. And I'm sure there's more that I'm not getting, you know, access yeah, to. Yeah, you right can actually uh, go online, Baker Street. Baker uh, Creek. Baker Creek, sorry. Baker Creek Seeds, and, and they'll come up right away. And you can look at all okay, their selections okay. online, or uh, I'm sure there's a... There's a there's a button there somewhere that's that will give you a catalog for free. Perfect. All right, thank you so much. I love your show so yeah, much. You bet. Well, thank you for calling this morning. I'm trying to think. Baker Creek bought up another seed company, and I don't. Did they? Yeah, this was years ago though, and they used to advertise both of them at the same time. They probably just consolidated into one name right now. I mm -hmm. think they're out of California. At least that's where the other seed catalog people were. And I'm sure that's not the only place that you can find heirloom tomato seeds. That just Ferris, happens to be one. Ferris and somebody. Totally Tomatoes. Yeah, Totally. If they, are they still in business? Uh -huh. I haven't checked in a couple yeah. of years now. Totally Tomatoes is another catalog you can get. I don't know the company behind it right offhand. Yeah. Uh, but they have hundreds of tomato varieties for se from seed. You mm -hmm. can grow them. And probably plants, too, I'm sure. Hey, you know what? Luann just texted me and said she wanted to remind everybody that they're still having 40% off peronials, perennials and roses while supplies last and at Tagawa's. And, and pierogies. Pierogies. Oh, now I'm hungry. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Tagawa Gardens. 40% off all their perennials and roses while the supplies last. And they brought in a whole bunch of new stuff. That. I went out there and took a look at it. It's just beautiful. So, um, yeah, head out to Tagawa's for today. It's a great day for planting. It's nice and cool. Oh, yeah, nice and cool. It's, uh, I don't know if we're going to get up into the 90s today. It's going to have to work hard. supposed to get 84, I think, is oh, okay. supposed to be the that's high today. <laughs> anymore. That's, that's almost cold. That's almost cold. It was almost cold this yeah, morning. Yeah, uh, 60, 60 degrees at our house this morning. Yesterday morning it was 54. Right now here in Aurora, it's 61. So it's still kind of on the yeah. coolish side. It was, a, it was a bit chilly this morning. When I, I, I questioned whether I should wear shorts or not when I walked out to oh. the car. Well, I knew the shorts would be fine, but it's, it's the upper body, the torso, if you will. <laughs> I thought about wearing a flannel shirt. There you go. All right. But I didn't, and I'm just fine now. <clears throat> it'll warm up. Yeah, it'll warm up. All right. All right. Uh, did you know in 1841, on this date, a patent for Venetian blinds was issued? In Venice? No. It was issued to John Hampton. It didn't say where. 
and or even why they call them Venetian blinds. Maybe it was in Venice that they invent or they were first in, invented. Yeah, I don't. Or know. maybe some place called Venetia. No, that's that's not true. Oh well, that's false. But news. you don't know. That's false news, Keith. Oh, all right, sorry. We don't give out false news here. Try not to, at least. Let's see. We've got uh, questions about tom- a tomato tree. Ooh, that's going to be interesting. And about no fruits or on veggies or zucchinis or anything. So let's go out and talk to Joyce about her veggies. What's going on, Joyce? Hello, Joyce? Joyce, are you there or are you out in the garden looking at your veggies? Maybe they think you're Joyce. Are you looking to Dennis? I'm Dennis. You're Dennis? Okay, well, we'll talk to Dennis then. Apparently, we didn't get Joyce. Um, what's going on, Dennis? Hi, wise guys. How you doing? <laughs> hey, good, good. I'm just an amateur uh, gardener. I love the garden. And uh, we got a little garden in the back here. And got uh, uh, zucchinis and pumpkins and uh, green beans and stuff like that. We had bought a, uh, a tomato plant from... Um, Home Depot, it's a Beefmaster hydro uh, hybrid tomato. Yes, uh-huh. and uh, the thing is huge, man. It's just uh, we call it a tomato tree, uh-huh. and uh, it's just a huge, healthy, healthy tomato plant uh, tree. But uh, we got buds on there, and then I looked there, maybe got one green tomato on there, and that's it. Uh, the thing is just not producing at all. Just I don't understand. I mean, the thing is being healthy and strong, and I mean, it's taking over almost the garden a little bit. But uh, any suggestions on why it's not producing fruit or vegetables? Yeah, Jim. <laughs> I'm going to say this is an easy answer, and it doesn't tell you much. It's it's probably our climate. I'm assuming you have these growing in full sun. Yeah, it's got full sun. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, the other plants around it are are, are doing awesome. We've, yeah. we've got this other little plant. And we've got a couple of uh, good tomatoes out of that one, but this one here is just... Um, well, I I think people, and certainly I have, and Keith, you can chime in too, have had trouble growing these giant fruited tomatoes. Yeah, they're, they're a really, really long season. Yeah. Um, they take more of like of an Oklahoma or a Texas climate uh, as far as a long summer, hot days, hot nights. That's what's going to get those big, giant, you know, two-pound tomato types to, to develop. Um, in, our, in our climate, it just you're better off sticking with the really early types, like early girl and cherry tomatoes, maybe some Romas, <coughs> things that have a very short-term, um, you know, planting to ripening days yeah, to harvest. Smaller tomatoes in general. Yeah. So the 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 hybrid tomato is I mean, no the hybrid part is is not the, not the problem here it's the size of the tomato. Oh, now, the Beefmaster. Yeah, yes. Beefmaster is a great big tomato. Yes. Now you're familiar with oh, cherry okay. tomatoes, are you not? Yeah. Okay, cherry tomatoes. Uh, once they bloom and set set the fruit, and if your Beefmaster did the same thing, set fruit the very same day the cherry tomato would be ready and ripe many, many weeks before the beef master would be. It oh, just okay. takes a long time to go from flower to full ripe fruit. 
and we just don't have the temperatures to, to push that along like it needs. So what you can do in the future, most times when you buy plants, and especially when you buy seeds, uh, it'll tell you the number of what are called days to harvest. And, and basically, that basically the days to harvest is from the day you plant the plant in the ground to the, the, the day you can first expect your first fruit to ripen. And, and try to okay. keep those days to harvest within our growing season. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was just, uh, just kind of curious. I mean, like I said, the plant is really strong. And, uh, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that you can't ever grow and get a beef master tomato or other large-fruited tomato. Some years we luck out and our season's much longer than, than normal. But you don't know when that year is going to be. You could right. build a greenhouse. <clears throat> you know, and th there are ways to extend the season on the front end and the back end by yep. using structures or, um, you know, little hoop houses or, you know, any number of ways to extend the season on both ends to help with that sort of thing. But it's a lot of trouble to go to. Good. Well, good. Thank you, guys. Uh, uh, our jalapenos are doing really good this year, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, they like the hot temperatures. <laughs> and they are hot, too. Yeah, that that's that's where they get their hotness. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate the information, and uh, I enjoy your show. Yeah, you guys uh, you guys keep us laughing and smiling over here. All right. <laughs> well, fantastic. Thank you, Dennis. We appreciate the call. Keep growing. All right, you All right, too. right, will do. Oh, man. I think one of our biggest limiting factors isn't so much the daytime temperatures. It's our nighttime yeah, temperatures night through the summer for tomatoes. It is the benefit, our nighttime temperatures being cool, for other crops, but not tomatoes. And it's a benefit to us. I like the cooler nighttime well, temperatures. <laughs> that's right. We can sleep better because we can open yeah. the window and get the nice cool air coming in. But plants that like heat, <clears throat> like tomatoes and peppers and eggplant and squash and pumpkins and all those warm season, hot season crops, yeah. watermelon, they, they suffer a little bit or they, it, it makes them grow a little slower. Now, if you are on the West Slope and you're growing peaches, mm. and one of the reasons, perhaps the main reason that uh, Palisade peaches in particular are so good tasting, some of the best in the entire country, mm -hmm. is because they have a longer growing season. Mm -hmm. They have lots of warm, hot days and cool, almost cold nights. Yeah. That's what you need to grow a great peach. Really pumps up that sugar, doesn't it? It does. It does. But don't try to go grow beefsteak tomatoes <laughs> next to the peaches because <laughs> they don't like those cold nights. Yeah. Yeah, so watch those days to harvest, especially on long-term <coughs> crops like tomatoes. You want to make sure that that your harvest time falls well within yeah. our you know May twelfth to October tenth growing season. If we're lucky, if we're lucky. I was checking the other day, and uh, I think our earliest snow is was the second week in September. Mm -hmm. That shortens the growing season considerably. Well, and our latest snow is into June. Yes. We can get snow in the first week or two of June. Yes. That also shortens the season. And if that season, <laughs> if that year coincides with the early snow in the fall, uh -huh. 
we're talking like a week of growing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got you've got what <clears throat> at the most three months. Yeah, tops. Uh huh. So uh, that that's a worst case scenario, I think. At least we're not on top of Mount Evans. Yeah, I mean, I and I've said this before. I remember one year here in Denver, our last frost date was in March. Yes. Unheard of. Unheard of. Now, if we could have planned that, <laughs> we could have grown, yeah. I don't know, breadfruit here. No doubt. No doubt. Mangoes. Mangoes. <laughs> but we didn't know that was coming. And it might be coming more and more frequently. You it, just well, never it could know. be. And, and, and I recall that particular year thinking, should I chance putting stuff out? Should I chance it? We haven't had frost in a couple of weeks now. Should I take it? No. Because <laughs> that, that night it could snow. <laughs> well, that's, that's where all of those, um, those structures, those season extenders come in handy in the spring protecting things. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm tempted on a couple of my beds to put some uh, PVC pipe you know, bend it yeah. over and make a little <coughs> a cold frame, a cloche, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, hoop house sort of thing yeah. over a couple of my vegetable beds for starting things out extra early, Yeah, like the tomatoes. But, the, you know, what happens is the nighttime temperatures still get cold in yeah. those things. Well, yeah, they're, they stay a little warmer, but not appreciably so. So it's really not the best place to, to be doing tomatoes extra early. No. No. But lettuce, yeah. spinach. Leaf, the leafy crops. Yeah, and any of the cold crops like broccoli yeah. and cauliflower. And some of the root crops you could yeah. do, get away with. Radishes, that. what yeah. have you. Yeah, yeah they do just fine, and it would give them a little bit of a head start. Because yeah. that keeps the temperature, although not really that warm at night, but above freezing. That's the secret. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're dealing with a temperature range that's really kind of narrow. Yeah, just a few degrees is all <coughs> it takes. Yeah. But I suppose you could put a heater in there if you wanted to. Oh, no, see, there you go. <laughs> and then <laughs> why not grow it light at night while you're at it and put some LEDs in there? Well, you know, you could, you could kill two birds with one stone. Just take a, one of those shop lights out there and hang it in there <laughs> and could. have a 100-watt 100, 100 bulb and turn that on at night, and that'll produce yeah, enough could. heat to heat it up. And, and, and pretty soon you'll have a, a, a $1,000 tomato. Might as well want <laughs> build a greenhouse. Exactly. <laughs> Oh shoot! Well, you know, there we can dream, can't we? Oh, we can. Things move. to get away. We can move. You you could move to a warmer climate. You could, if growing tomatoes is that important. Is that important to you? Yes. I mean, there's a whole culture around growing tomatoes. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> and you could write an entire book on tomato. Well, people have <laughs> tomato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On tomato architecture alone. Oh, okay. On the stuff that you could put up to to have the tomatoes grow on. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way. There are hundreds of things you can use. I, I, I think I told you earlier that I put up these um, square tomato cages this year yes. that I've had forever. Big old heavy-duty things. You can stack one on top of another. Yeah. So I put one on top of another, and I planted a tomato at each corner. Uh-huh. And I, I grew them, I think they're called like a, a cordon, where you... You take off all the side shoots, yeah. all the sucker sprouts that develop yeah. along the main stem, and you just grow one stem right up the yep. tomato cage mm -hmm. or whatever support you're having to use. And so I planted eight, 12. 12 tomatoes that way. Mm -hmm. Not impressed. That's the, way the, that's the way they grow tomatoes in the greenhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Single stem, take all those side shoots off. Yeah. And all, 
all your fruit is produced close to the top. Mm-hmm. Which means your top is getting up to be 10 feet. So they bend them over. I cut mine off. <laughs> See, there, there you go. <laughs> then you're not getting tomatoes in December then. Well, I f- no. I figured <laughs> at this point, anything that develops and sets fruit at this late in the season is not going to have time to ripen. So why let it even set? Yep. I just cut them off at the top. Yep. And all the, you know, focusing everything on the the fruit that has set. Mm -hmm. And I am starting to get some tomatoes. I just don't know. I can't tell you. I don't think that it's any more tomatoes than if I would have just let them grow normally. Oh, I know. So what are you going to do? All right. Let's go out and talk to Joyce in Aurora to find out what's going on with her veggies. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning. Excuse me. Um, I have a zucchini plant and a tomatilla that are blooming, and they, they're they beautiful plants, but they're not producing fruit. Are they in full sun all day? Full, full sun all day. All right. Um, I, I'll handle the zucchini question if you want to think about the tomatilla one, uh, Jim. The zucchini and all the squash melon plants uh, the first flowers that they produce in the season are male flowers. And you can tell the difference between male and female flowers because the male has a, just a, a skinny stem behind the flower, no fruit attached to it at all, whereas the female flowers will have a tiny little zucchini on the, on, between it and the plant. Between the flower and the plant, there'll be this little tiny zucchini attached to it. Even before the flower opens. Even before the flower opens. So you can tell <coughs> the males from the females even before they bloom. And so does that mean that I've got all males? Well, no, they produce them on the same plant. They produce both sexes on the same plant. It's just that the plants start with male flowers only for a while, and then the females, it'll start producing female flowers usually a couple of weeks after the males start. So just keep an eye on that, and, and hopefully you'll get some female flowers because there's... If you've got all male flowers right now, there's nothing you can do. I mean, male flowers will not set fruit, period. They just can't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, as far as the tomatilla goes. What kind of tomatilla is we talking about? The, the little ones about the, the, the size of the end of your thumb? No, no, the regular ones. Because there's a tomatilla that grows on, a, on a, almost a small tree, <coughs> tomato-related tree. Uh, if that's the one, that's a very long season plant. No, I, d- I, I don't think so. This is, is it's just a regular tomatillo, and that um, <clears throat> I've never had problems with, you know, grown before. They always produce. Yeah, I, I, I think once again, we're, we're talking about a climate issue here. You know, I bet you can use that uh, blossom set on those. You, you probably could. You, you know what blossom set that's uh, that's used for tomatoes? Yes. Okay, you can use the same thing on tomatillos. Oh, okay. Okay. But what happens with the zucchini? Well, that, I mean... No, it's not going to work with the zucchini. No. The blossom set won't, uh, unless you're spraying the female flowers. And, and that wouldn't be bad. But, see, the tomatillo produces both sexes in the same flower. And so that's why the blossom set works so well for them. But, um, you know, spraying, spraying a male zucchini flower with blossom set isn't going to create a fruit. 
No. You still have to have female flowers. Yeah, you can't change a male flower into female flower. Okay. All right, I'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah, them. yeah. Did you should. Did, did, you, did you get an early start in planting them out in, into the garden? Yes, I did. Okay. And they're uh, in full sun? I mean, they're, they're beautiful plants. And they're in full sun? Full sun. Hmm. Beautiful flowers. Bees are busy inside of them yeah. and everything. In that case, uh, all I can say is patience, Camille. Yeah, go go check the stems behind the flower to see if you've got little zucchinis or or just a skinny little useless stem. Okay, will do. All right. All right. Thank you. You bet. Mm-hmm. Now it's important to note that you need both flowers. You do in order to to produce fruit. W- the female flower will not produce fruit unless it's been fertilized by the male flower. Right, and that's where bees come in handy. Yeah. And if you don't have bees, you can do it by hand. You can. You can just take the male flower, peel off all the petals, and then stick the flower into the female flower. Yeah, rub and, it around. And rub it around, you know. You can, you can pretend like you're a bee. Now, well, you have to make the, the, the buzzing sound while you do, you do this. They do, they do expect to hear that. Okay. All right. I think we're a little late for a break. Is that true? We are. So we're going to go out here and take one and come back and uh, complete answering your questions right here on Legends 810. Late summer is the time to refresh your garden. At Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center, we have what you need. We still have plenty of time for gardening. Stop by and pick up some fall-loving bloomers. Choose from rutabecchia and autumn sedums, which can take the late summer heat and thrive deep into the fall. Here are a few tips. Remove plants that did not make it. Life's too short to look at failing plants. Remove weeds and take care of pests prune, and deadhead. Then for the fun stuff, get some fresh, fall-thriving plants to brighten up your landscape. Next, add a fresh layer of mulch to keep the soil cool. And now, you can enjoy your garden again. Planting is very rewarding. It's a heart-healthy activity that'll give you joy throughout the seasons. You'll sleep better, feel better, and there's a sense of pride in nurturing something that grows. Feel the positive healing power of flowers and plants. Stop by Lafayette Florist Gift Shop and Garden Center. We can help with all your gardening and floral needs. Located in the heart of Lafayette at 600 South Public Road. Call us at 303-665-5555 or visit us online at lafayetteflorist.com. The Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden Annual Summer Clearance Sale is now in progress. It may be hot, but you can still put in new plants. Think about it from the plant's point of view. Would you rather wait out the summer in a hot plastic pot or sink your roots into some nice garden soil? Jared's has a great assortment of shrubs and perennials in stock. Think about adding Rose of Sharon, a beautiful shrub in bloom now, Russian sage, that purpley thing blooming all over town, or some Barbary for a good accent of color all season. On the flower end of things, check out the enormous variety of stunning cone flowers the cherry coreopsis, or the plants that pollinators and hummingbirds love, such as salvia and hyssop. Jared's is now in their 42nd year serving the Southwest Metro area. Visit them today at 10500 West Bulls Avenue in Littleton. Hours are nine to six weekdays and nine to five weekends. Hope to see you soon. Are your hanging baskets, window boxes, and patio pots suffering from the dog days of summer? Have they lost that greenhouse fresh look? More than likely, they're starving for a little attention and some Fertilome general purpose triple 20 plant food. 
This easy-to-use, water-soluble fertilizer is like an all-you-can-eat buffet for your potted plants. The nutrients are immediately available for the plant roots to absorb, providing the fuel your plants need to produce lush, green foliage and a bigger, brighter flowers, guaranteed. Your house plants will respond beautifully too, so if you'd like to get back that greenhouse fresh look at your home, get out there and buy some Fertilome Triple 20 plant food from your local independent Fertilome dealer. It's guaranteed to grow healthy, happy plants or your money back. You'll find Fertilome Triple 20 at Jared's Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial. Be sure to tell them the Garden Wise Guys sent you. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home. Saturday morning at 930. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It show every Saturday morning from 930 to 1030 on Legends. And welcome back to the Garden Wise Show with the Garden Wise Guys, Jim Borland and Keith Funk. Celebrating today, uh, Hawaii became the 50th state on this date in 1959. No kidding. That. This date, huh? Yeah. And today we are also celebrating National Spumani Day. Uh, what, who? Spumani. What's that? It's, a, it's an ice cream concoction. Okay. Yeah. Um, traditionally, it's an ice cream concoction made up of three colors, all of which are found in the Italian flag. Uh-huh. One of them is green. Isn't that special? Yeah. And it's also World Honeybee Day today. Well, we like our honeybees. Well, we do. So go out and celebrate. You know, go yippee, yippee, kaye when you see a honeybee today. Yeah. They'll appreciate it. All right. Well, let's see. Let's go out to the phones. We've got Betsy from Jared's Garden Center waiting to talk to us right now. Good morning, Betsy. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you this morning? All righty. How about you? I, I want to make sure that you can hear me now. I'm trying to find a uh, good spot in the greenhouse to so it doesn't sound like I'm cutting out, so I apologize. I'm standing on one foot so that... Oh, that's that's the secret. Close your that's left right. eye. And, and on a five-gallon <laughs> bucket, too, if that'll help. That's true. I love that thing about the honeybees. We should all go out and buy a plant for them today. Yeah. I like that idea. Because we are still loaded with beautiful perennials for the garden, and there's still plenty of time to get them rooted and well-established in the garden. Wouldn't you agree? I would totally agree with that. And you're going to get to jump on next year as well because they're going to get that much bigger next year than, rather than waiting until next spring to plant them. Exactly. So you, we can celebrate those honeybees for sure today. You bet. So are they on sale? No, not yet, unfortunately. Okay. Well, everybody, yeah, else, you guys need to catch up. Everybody else has got their stuff on sale. Well, but see, our tradition is to wait till Labor Day. So oh, that's only I see. two weeks away. That's true. What else is going that's on true. there? Yeah. Well, we're, um, we're flipping the store. <laughs> uh, we're getting ready for fall and Halloween because, believe it or not, we're only five Saturdays away from our giant pumpkin 
festival and way off. Ooh, that's hard so, to believe. It's coming up again. I know, and I haven't even gone back to the back of the the property to see what one of the growers, how his pumpkins are coming along. So I, I didn't want to jinx, so I've been avoiding going out there and <laughs> seeing how big they are <laughs> since they grow, you know, like 20 pounds a oh, day. Oh, I know. They do so, put on 5, 10 pounds a day, yeah. Yeah, so we're getting ready for that, and um, we've got a little bit of construction going on here, but uh, but today is the first day that we'll be having Gerald here and his family roasting Pueblo and Hatch chilies. Excellent. Many people have been waiting for. Mm-hmm. I know that I have. I've been eating the store-bought stuff, you know, in my enchilada casseroles, and... Uh, it's just not the same. Yeah, it's not. And the smell from the roasting <laughs> yeah. chilies—that I just oh, love yeah. that fragrance. Oh yeah, we'll be we'll be um, salivating all day. So excuse our slurred speech. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, it's nice that it's a little cooler. It was forty at my house this morning. And oh it boy, felt cold. Um, and you know, it almost feels like we should be kind of easing into fall with the uh with the little light snowfalls up at the higher elevation yeah we've um, had snowfall up there already yep yeah yeah so i i guess we just have to uh, bear the last of the 90 degree days and and start enjoying the the beautiful fall weather that colorado always has exactly i agree today's a good day to go out there and, and do some gardening well, that's true. I was um, I was out this morning checking out my vegetable garden and containers, which I will be having a a little class this morning at eleven a.m. about planting fall vegetables because we're right there, and um, how to protect them just in case we get one of those early cold spells. Yeah, I, yeah. I've been pretty successful doing that, <clears throat> even at seventy-five hundred, and I think I'd like to park. You know, impart that information to new gardeners and uh, get them on their third season of vegetables. What What do you suggest? Which Which varieties are you uh, promoting right now? As far as cool season vegetables, yeah, yeah. What are, What are you telling people to plant out now? Oh wow, we've got. Um, we've been telling them that spinach is definitely a go for a go to because that that's a that's a huge veggie, and it's really, really simple. Um, I like to plant peas, even though we may not get pods. Um, since many of the parts are edible, you can always toss that into salads because, um, you know, after a while, just plain lettuce just doesn't cut it anymore. <laughs> um, kale <laughs> kale is always good, and it will actually, I have found that it comes through the winter, and um what else? And lots of lettuces right now. You know, there's mm-hmm. more. So, you know, I grew up on iceberg lettuce, and I don't even buy it anymore. You know? Yeah. I, you know, it's romaines and leaf, red leaf lettuces, which are full of vitamins for us. And, you know, just, just all the cool season stuff. You know, no, no green beans anymore, no corn, no squash. I mean, that, that's, their time is about done. And um, it's ready to go with the fall stuff. Yep, I pulled all my green beans out uh, a few days ago, so time to well, put in the fall things. 
did the Japanese beetles get yours? No, spider mites did. Oh my god, <laughs> that's tor- that's terrible. Now I stopped Mine planting. Are still doing it. Mine are still doing okay, but they they've been slow to produce up at forty degrees. <laughs> yeah, I used to grow pole beans and bush beans, and the and the Japanese beetle was al- would always take out the pole beans and never touch the bush beans. So well, I stopped growing the pole beans. So what's your theory on that? They're stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, to me, they're like high flying insects. You know, they attack the tops of things. That's right. But this year, so I'm I growing, I'm growing vining bush beans. And they're not bothering yours? Uh, not yet. Shh. We won't say their name anymore. They really have two weeks to fight them, and then they go to ground. Yeah, I think they're so, starting to diminish already. But Yeah, yeah, I have fewer and fewer questions about it, and now everyone wants to, you know, protect their yard from um, Mama Beetle and her youngsters. So exactly. that's where it's all about right now. All right. Well, tell everybody where you're at, Betsy. Oh, man. Other than in the greenhouse trying to uh, keep a good signal, I am at 10500 West Bowles Avenue, which is in the southwest corner of Denver Metro. And we are between Kipling and Sims. Excellent. And we're talking Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden. And And we are packed. (laughs) Great. Well, thank you. Thanks for calling, Betsy. Uh Uh-huh. Bye-bye. You bet. Bye-bye. All right, let's get back out to our regular callers with garden questions, starting with Terry in Parker. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. How are you guys? Just ducky. What's up with you? Um, not too much. Hey, I had one question, a real quick question about mums. Um, I have I have this one big cluster of mums, but it doesn't get buds on it, and I'm wondering. And then I have these other mums that are gorgeous. They're like three by three. They're they're just a a sea of yellow, gorgeous. All right, tell me where you got that mum that doesn't have buds on it. Where did that come from? Um, I'm sure it was like all of mine, grocery store. Ah, that's uh, your that's your problem. That's your problem right there. Okay. The grocery okay. store types oftentimes do not set buds in our climate. Oh, I see. They need a, they need a longer yeah. season. Yeah, they need a much longer season. They they would set bud if you were in. Tucson. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, you guys, I and, and I have to tell you that I was on the phone with your producer when I got the very tail end of one of the calls, and you said, try that. You know, that might help produce fruit. And so I don't know if you've already heard this, but I want to tell you, I have a brother in Ohio. You know, I'm so envious. And he's a master gardener, you know, and, of course, they've got great growing conditions, whatever. Yeah. But he told me, he told me this last year, and I just kind of laughed. And then he told me again this year, he said, Tara, I'm telling you, and he's about a month and a half ahead of me as far as getting fruit and everything. And he said, he saw this on YouTube, and he's been doing it, and he gets these amazing clusters of like four and six tomatoes on one, you know, on one branch, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, have, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but so, you you know, when they start flowering, when the, when the, uh, the tomatoes start flowering, you tap underneath the flower, just tap like is it like a pencil eraser, and you're just kind of tapping, right? And he said, "I tell you what," he said, 
I've had tomatoes like I've never had before. Well, and he's right. You know, he's he's absolutely right yeah. because tomatoes are not bee pollinated. They are. Oh. They they are pollinated when the the what is it the the flower of the plant shakes like you're talking about the pollen falls from oh. the from the anthers onto the pistil so in in the greenhouse they shake their plants oh my gosh well I'm telling you right now I heard that poor guy talking about he had this big boy that had one tomato on it and I was feeling so guilty I felt bad I have like five tomato plants and they're all beautiful and they're all I'm telling you they've got two, three, four on one sock. Yeah, or, not, you know. not unusual. Uh, greenhouse growers, indoor greenhouse growers of tomatoes will often use a device that for all intents and purposes looks like an electric toothbrush. Yes, that's <coughs> what he told me. I could yeah. use an electric toothbrush, yeah. but yeah. I didn't. I just used my finger. Yeah, and anything that, vibrates, they, anything that vibrates like that will work. Well, see that? Okay. So now, I'm just telling the listeners it works. Yeah, inside oh the greenhouse will often release bumblebees. They are pretty good pollinators oh. of uh, of tomatoes because yeah. they cause the flowers to shake. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, anyway, that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Okay. Um, the other thing <laughs> is, yeah, the other thing is trimming all the unnecessary leaves. You know, like so that your main stalk is strong. That also helps a lot. So anyway. All right, and I also want to tell you guys I had tomato hornworms this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we caught them early. And the other thing is, do you guys know about the black light? Oh yeah, you can see you can see them really easily with a black light. Yes. Yeah, but I think we found them all. I guess before the black light. And I kept no, the black light, no, no. You never find them all. Well, I'm telling you, no more. I mean, I I caught it early. I saw the poops first, you know, and yeah. then I looked up and saw a couple of my branches, you know, uh, with no leaves on them. I'll, I'll bet, know, I'll bet next week if you go out there, you'll find some big ones that you missed the first time around. I'll well, bet you. A couple weeks ago already. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. I keep trying. I keep trying. I keep trying. And I've got, you know, the grandkid thing going on. And, yeah, he's got hawk eyes. Oh, there you I, go. We did, get three, we did get three giant ones. All right. And, uh, yeah, but... Anyway, all right, guys. Well, have a great day. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. I understand chickens like them. And I imagine ducks, too. Oh, I would imagine so. Um, but she, she mentioned kids. When, I'm my, when my kids were little, they could spot a tomato hornworm from across the yard. Yeah. And I would be looking straight at it and not see it. So I don't know. There's something about child, a, a child's eyes that can spot these things. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, I guess you could use a black light at night. I've not, not ever tried. I don't have a black light, so that wouldn't work. But I didn't know that. You can get a black light flashlight yeah. and go yeah. out and check that. Okay. But, yes, the whole thing about vibrating tomato plants, uh, tomato flowers, that's what causes them to pollinate. Not because a bee was there, other than the bee was there to vibrate the flower. Yeah. But the bee didn't actually pollinate the plant. They didn't carry pollen from one flower to another to do that. So... Yeah, that's a really kind of a cool way to do it. And you can use an electric toothbrush to do yeah, that. Yeah, just hold it up against the stem, turn it on, and let it vibrate for only takes a couple of seconds. Yeah, the flower stem. The flower stem. Yeah, yeah. and you want to do each one while they're flowering, and, and that'll cause them to pollinate, and you'll get more tomatoes that way because the wind isn't always good enough to do it, to shake the plants enough. I'm just trying to think of a device you might have in the house that you could shake the entire plant. 
maybe a, a big electric portable drill. <laughs> <laughs> you could use a baseball bat. You could use a, a leaf blower. <coughs> you just go and I, blow I, your I leaf, suppose. blow your tomatoes I, with a leaf blower, I and that'll suppose. shake them. But you're, uh, it, it'll make, it would be f- more entertaining to use a toothbrush to go out there yeah. and watch your neighbors look at you like, You've got four heads. Yeah. You know, what are you doing? I'm brushing my tomato cheese. Yeah, really. You, you got to do this three times a day. Yes. I don't want them to have cavities. <laughs> this will right. prevent blossom end rot. <laughs> <laughs> We're close to a break here. Why don't we go ahead and take our last one okay. of the hour, and we'll come back and talk to Tom right here on Legends 810. Summer savings is in the air at Nick's Garden Center and Farmer's Market. Take 30% off trees, shrubs, evergreens, perennials, ornamental grasses, vines, and roses. Now is the time to plant, and we have a great selection. Our friendly and knowledgeable staff is here to help you design that beautiful garden you've always wanted. Planting and delivery are available. The time is ripe at our Farmer's Market. It's loaded with Colorado peaches, homegrown sweet corn and tomatoes, Rocky Ford cantaloupes, and lots more. Chili roasting is in full swing choose from mild medium hot and extra hot varieties from pueblo and hatch we are located two blocks north on Iliff on chambers road in aurora also visit us at nicksgardencenter.com well hello mrs johnson nice to see you again What's that you have in the bag? It's it's my tomatoes. Just look at this. The bottom side of all the largest fruit is turning into a nasty brown color. It's gross. My family won't eat these. What am I going to do? Okay, relax, Barbara. Your tomatoes have an easy-to-fix condition called blossom end rot. And you're right. It's nasty looking. But fortunately, it's not a disease, just a mild calcium deficiency, which is usually brought on by letting your plants get too dry between waterings. So I'm going to recommend you start using this Fertilome Yield Booster for tomatoes. This yield booster will supply the extra calcium your plants need to save the rest of your crop. Is it easy to use? I don't want to have to mix anything. You know, it couldn't be easier. Yield Booster comes pre-mixed in this handy trigger sprayer. All you have to do is spray the leaves and fruit weekly for at least three applications, and you'll have bigger, better tomatoes than ever before. Oh, what a relief. Bill, you've made my day. Better give me two of those bottles of Fertilome Yield Booster. I have lots of tomato plants. Find Fertilome Yield Booster at your favorite independent Fertilome retailer, including Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, The Tree Farm in Longmont, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Jared's Nursery in Littleton. To find your closest dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. All right, we're back. We're taking your uh, phone calls. Um, let's see. We've got about 15, <clears throat> 15 minutes left in the show and only one person online. So somebody else can get online if you want. Here's the number, 303-477-2473. Uh, good morning, Tom. Thanks for calling Ask the Garden Wise Guy Pro people. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> we're all here today. Hello, Tom. Tom, you there? I'm here. There you are. Good morning, Tom. Thanks for calling the wise guys. What's going on? I've got uh, quack grass growing from my neighbor's unkempt lawn into my bluegrass. <clears throat> and you're so, sure it's quack grass? Well, it, it's what I've been told it is, but not by a professional. Uh, does it, is it an upright grower, or is it hor- spreading horizontally? The leaves are flat, sort of against the ground. Uh, it's... Fairly close to the ground, fairly broad leaf, okay. very hardy plant. 
All right. Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's probably crabgrass, but the quackgrass and, and crabgrass are two different beasts. You take care of them differently. Quackgrass okay. is more of an upright grower like fescue. Okay. It pretty much grows straight up into the air. Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, and it's a perennial, so it's, it's spreading from underground roots. And so if you dig up a piece of it and, and, and you pull it up out of the ground, you'll see these white rhizomes or runners heading out in all directions from the main plant. Okay. Um, and that would be quackgrass. Now, if okay. it's crabgrass, yeah, the leaves are more, uh, more like a, in a pinwheel sort of <coughs> orientation, heading out horizontally across the top of the lawn. And, and that's an annual. So if you, if you dig that up or pull it up, you won't find any of those runners underground because it just has the one root system and it dies this winter. Okay. So they're treated completely differently. So it's really important to know exactly what you have. Well, this one doesn't appear to have the white uh, runners or rhizomes. Okay. So maybe you've pointed me towards crabgrass. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was thinking. And, and there are crabgrass killers on the market that you can spray uh, to kill crabgrass plants while they're growing. But this late in the year, I, I'm not quite sure that they're going to be very effective because the plants are so large. Okay. Uh, the best thing I can recommend is to keep it mowed, collect the trimmings so that it's not producing more seed, uh, putting more seed into the ground. Or you could go through and hand pull it. They don't have that many. Okay. And then next you use a pre-emergent or a crabgrass preventer in the spring to keep the seed from coming up. All right. Thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for calling this morning. You bet. <clears throat> We don't have any more crabgrass in our yard. We, I was just going to ask Way you. back when, but it's all gone. How'd you get rid of it? My wife likes pulling weeds. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so I think she just went out there and pulled them. And, you know, you do that for a year or two. And I don't think the seed lasts that long. But I'm not yeah. sure, but I don't yeah. think so. I don't think it does either. And it's, it's funny because crabgrass is one of those weird plants that doesn't come up until later on in the spring when the soil warms up. <clears throat> But doesn't grow all that fast until midsummer, no. yep. and then all of a sudden it just explodes into growth. But it was there all along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has a, an interesting seed head that's different than any other grass you probably have in your lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, the seed head is you describe the plant. The seed head is like a pinwheel too. Mm-hmm. It, it's like opening your your hand with all the fingers exposed. And then having a stem come down through your palm. Yeah. That's how the, the seed head is formed. If you see that in your lawn, then that's probably crabgrass. I agree. And, and, but I think the most telltale sign, aside from the seed head, is that it does grow pretty much horizontally across the yeah. top of the lawn. It doesn't grow upright. Sometimes underneath your lawnmower. And, oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so the lawnmower is not going to. Although the lawnmower will take off the seed heads. And if you do have the seed head, you might want to get rid of that. And I would, unless you're an excellent composter, I'm not sure I'd throw that in the compost. Exactly. Yeah, but try to keep it from going to seed. That would be your best bet. But using a, a spray, an herbicide this late in the year, not sure that it's going to be all that effective in killing the crabgrass. But there are crabgrass killers on the market that won't hurt your lawn. And the reason for that is because crabgrass is an annual <coughs> and your lawn is a perennial. 
So there's enough difference in the chemistry between the yeah. two that uh, you can get a selective herbicide to take it out. And it's a relatively new or type of herbicide mm-hmm. that attacks annual grasses. Probably not all of them, but certainly crabgrass. But it's most effective earlier in the season, like in June yeah. or early July, <coughs> when the plants are still small. When you don't know that you have it. When you don't know you have it, yes. <laughs> but if you had it last year, you'll probably have it yeah. this year. Yeah, if you had it last year, guaranteed, you got it this year, too. Exactly. All right, uh, let's see. We've got Sharon on the line waiting to talk to us in Aurora. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning, you wonderful guys. <laughs> What's going on with you today? <laughs> uh, I have been growing Phalaenopsis for quite a few years, and I've, I've got one of those big white ones, mm-hmm. you know, the blossoms. It's finished blooming now, and it has a little, look. looks like a kiki. Okay. Growing. It's close to the top of the uh, bark, you know, the, that it's planted in. Mm-hmm. Okay. What can I expect from that? I've never had one. Uh, I've never had a kiki. Well, for everybody else out there listening, a kiki is what a phalaenopsis plant will do on a flower spike. It will produce a new plant, and it'll be genetically identical to the parent plant. And after a while, once it produces a few leaves, it starts to produce its own root system, and then you can cut it off, this flower spike, and Mm -hmm. plant it up separately in its own pot. Okay. It looks like it, because I cut the the spike off close to the plant. Uh-huh. It looks like it's, at first I thought it was a, another spike, which didn't make sense. Sure. So, no, that's kind of, okay, that's cool. And then I, I have a, a comment on, uh, on lettuce. Uh, I don't know if you know, but Stanley Marketplace is growing hydroponic lettuce. I don't know what Stanley Marketplace is. Oh, it's in up by Stapleton. It's in Aurora, but right on the Aurora-Denver line. Okay. It's really a cool place. Check that out. It has a lot of restaurants. and It's a big, I think it's old hangar. Oh, I got you. Yeah, the old airport. Yeah. yeah. And this lettuce is so unbelievably good because it's local. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so you can you can go sure. in where they're growing it. Uh, you know, I haven't been up there since the the lettuce has only been out for maybe four months. Uh huh. That I've that I've seen of it, <clears throat> and it's only at uh, Whole Foods. Were oh, okay. were, you, were you ever allowed to grow go into the greenhouses? Uh, I haven't been up there since they've been growing it. Okay, because uh, typically in those kind of operations, they do not want anyone to go into the greenhouses except their own people. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you don't you, want you do, they just, in there. There's too much chance that you carry diseases and stuff on your feet and insects inside your shirt. and Right. That, that, they don't like that at all. But the lettuce is uh, absolutely wonderful. Is it a head lettuce or a leaf lettuce? Uh, it's different. I think it's from butter to small leaves. Oh, okay. I don't know if you want the brand, but... Butter crunch. Uh, I love that. That's a wonderful... They probably sell you the whole head. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. It's in, it's in those plastic boxes. Oh, sure. And uh-huh. they're, it's pulled off. It hasn't been washed. Okay. It says that. Uh, do you want the name of the brand? Sure. It's called Gotham Greens. Oh, Gotham. Yes, I've heard of them. Yeah. Oh my gosh, to die for. 
<laughs> All right. Well, good to know. All Thank right. you, Sharon. Thank you. Uh-huh. Love you guys. <laughs> Bye-bye. And in that case, that's a, that's a good example of living better through chemistry. Oh, yeah? Yeah, if you're growing hydroponically. Well, true. It's all chemistry. Yeah, it is. And then you put it in a plastic. I, I've seen those plastic clamshell type things. They're <coughs> clear plastic, and they've got lettuce leaves in it or spinach leaves or whatever. And I've seen actual whole heads, whole heads of yeah. lettuce. And sometimes in including the roots. Including the roots, exactly. Yeah. In case you want to take it home and replant it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not going to help. Not going to help at all. So what are you doing this weekend in the garden? Oh, what am I doing? I got a number of dead branches that I've been meaning to take off all summer long. So they, if I don't take a nap today, I probably have to go out and do that. Well, I think I'm going to be planting crocus, uh, fall crocus bulbs. Where did Cold you get those? Well, you brought me a whole <laughs> suitcase full of them. Holy cow, you, you've been growing growing them very hey, well. Hey, anybody out there growing, and they should be blooming pretty soon now, yeah. is a fall-blooming crocus. Um, Colchicum, sometimes they're called. And uh, the, once they start blooming, go out there and count the number of blooms. Mm-hmm. If you have 10 or more blooms coming out out of one spot, next summer you can dig that whole thing up and you'll have lots of bulbs under there that you can separate Mm-hmm. and plant them other places in your garden. And you must have separated a number a of them. A lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we I'll have to get out of here. Planting. There's some music indicates that we have to complete this show this morning by me saying thank you for listening and participating in the show. We certainly appreciate that. Remember, as always, keep your shovel very, very, very sharp, and be careful where you dibble. And also keep in mind that uh, this evening between, is it, yeah, between 7 and Nine. We're going to re- repeat this show. We're not going to be here, but our voices will be. No, that'll be Sunday, not this evening. It'll oh, be Sunday no, between Sunday. six and eight. I, I'm going to get that right one of these days. I wish you would. Oh, that's seven to nine this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Okay. Sunday, six to eight in the evening when you're not doing anything else. That's right. You know, after dinner, you can listen. Write to it us, down. Listen to us again. <laughs> All right. We have to get out of here. We'll we'll be back next week with more of your garden show right here on Legends 810. The preceding program is sponsored by JK Communications.